Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is your host, Magnus Carter. Welcome to the Making More Money for You show on Voice America Business Channel. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, hopefully last week, if you haven't checked it out, uh, from the last two weeks of traveling, it finally caught up with me, just like it does with everybody else. I actually had to take the week off and replayed one of the best uh, episodes that we have so far, and one of our highest, highest sought-after episodes of Recovering from a Vacation. Uh, I was doing that extremely um, to the T last week, and still recovering a little bit this week. But this week, I have a... Uh, a new topic that we're going to discuss, and I'm going to have a guest later on in the show. Uh, he's going to be joining me about half past, halfway into the show, and we're going to talk more in depth from his point of view on the uh, on the topic. Today's topic is actually going to be the job market, what that means for us as an individual, what it, what companies are doing, you know what what is actually going on out there. It's uh, as we go by, we see these billboards driving left and right now hiring now hiring now hiring and every time every billboard you pass is the uh price or the salary for the person is going up tremendously one sign you see $15 an hour another sign you see $18 an hour and it's very strange to see that especially when these jobs before the 2019 epidemic we had or pandemic we had whichever you want to consider it or call it is that those jobs were actually like 12 13 dollars an hour and the cost of living back before that was actually less because there was people working and uh with people working that means that people have money to buy things uh inflation was kind of steady uh, the economy was actually doing quite well because uh, everything was working the way it was supposed to be doing. People were working. People were spending money. People were working. Uh, people were spending more money. Uh, there's people taking vacations as well, uh, saving money, investing. Uh, one thing that's been actually been crazy is the housing market and investing in the housing market for now. Uh, but that all relates to the the jobs out there. Um, these jobs that I'm talking about are uh, – anything on the billboard i i get a lot of emails every day about these jobs oh uh, here work for this company work for that company this company's looking for this this company's looking for that uh flexible hours we're talking uh, benefits benefits with part-time jobs now benefits with uh, uh full benefits that are all that will be paid for you and your family just to get people to work ever since uh we everybody's been off and everything was shut down it's hard to get back into that mindset I, i'm definitely one for that because i was traveling all over the u.s installing computer uh networks for health monitors you know and i was constantly traveling to one place traveling to another place and working for a week traveling back from that place and going to another project but once the brakes got put on hold the whole dynamic of our economy and ecosystem was shattered and we came to a screaming halt and a lot of companies actually uh, a lot of mom and pop companies and, and middle-sized companies were starting to fold up because they can't 
they're not making money and they don't have the people to work for them. But along with that is the essential work. They, the people that were deemed essential workers kept working. Uh, I was definitely deemed one of those people and they were actually able to keep the things moving for, for them and their families. And with that being done, as long as they're keep moving and keeping uh, money coming in, and along with uh, the subsidies that people qualify for from the government to keep the economy still moving instead of like a dead stop, is that opened up a lot of jobs, a lot uh, with people getting sick and and unfortunately passing away, and dying. You know, jobs became abundant, and pe the people that wanted to work the jobs became more scarce. So as I'm talking about this, the guest that I'm bringing on later today, Harley Lippman, he is actually a a person that is part of a, a recruiting firm that actually offers services for people to get jobs through and places them in companies that are actually looking for these people. Uh, he's working for one company and there's like a bunch of other companies out there. We've all looked at, we've all seen. We probably all have uh, some probably have resumes already on that come on those sites. And, you know, we're we're in, the people are now or the workers now are actually in a weird situation where they can be very, very particular on what they want to do and who they want to work for now. And that gives that takes the power away from the companies because normally they had they had all of that because they had the benefits to work. The healthcare, the uh, vacation time, the four hundred one k, the profit sharing, the stock options—that was all on the company side. And we were, um, as workers and laborers, we were the ones fighting for those jobs that were very, very slim. Now, now the shoes on the opposite foot, where there's so many job openings and so few workers, like I was saying before. So this makes everything in a very unique and very. Uh, the word I guess I'm looking for here is very undermining. Well, not really undermining, I should say, but very it's very unique in the fact that we can we have the choice to choose who we work for. And a lot of the jobs and positions out there now and a lot of the companies are more remote where before everything that happened was you had to be in the office, you had to be dressed up, you had to be uh, work attire, you had to work your eight to five job. Uh, the hours that they said and they put into effect. And now that has all changed. Uh, I'm in, with being in computers and networking, it's very flexible. It was always quite flexible, but then again, there's no stop clock on when technology breaks. When technology breaks, a computer breaks, network, a, computer, a switch breaks, or some a connection goes down, you got to fix it right away, especially depending on where you work and who you're working for that that doesn't change but now uh the change actually happens where the core hours that i want to work which you know i i've always i i was never a fan of the eight to five or eight to seven or eight to six or nine to six hours because driving in it for an hour of uh, the commute dealing with the traffic and then driving an hour hour and a half back at at the end of the day we're talking 10 10 and a half hours that are gone out of the day that were to make money and with working from from home and being remote now my my commute's like 10 minutes 
just to make sure the laptop comes on. I, I'm sure a lot of people out there are doing the same thing as uh, a lot of the industry now is changing with the times with this. And it's like, okay, well, we need to get the people working. We need we need people to do work for us so we can actually still make money. So a lot of companies out there are actually starting to allow their, their employees to work from home, which was, is very unheard of because in the culture before 2019, everybody had to be in the office. We all had to have our cubicles. We all had to have our offices or go to meetings in person or con- conventions and conferences. But now everything's pretty much tele telecommute, which is quite nice. And that's, I remember when this all first started was the cameras that were normally the HD cameras that were eight USB that were mainly five ten dollars now we're sixty seventy dollars because the demand came so high. Um, the suppliers and uh, retailers skyrocketed everything to make a couple extra dollars on it, and we had to pay it because we needed it for for the for our jobs. So, with all that being said. Uh, the dynamic is very, very intense right now. Very, the market is very um, open. It, there's even more jobs opening now more than ever. Uh, as you can see, when I was talking to one of my friends before, uh, a lot of companies were actually offering extra perks. We'll, I'll get into this more with when Harley gets on with perks about being being employed by somebody just to get people to walk in the door and apply for a job you can go at any fast food place right now that's paying at least 12 13 dollars an hour which were normally eight and well six to eight dollars an hour and then management was 12 to 15 now it's the the even higher now uh depending on which chain you go to how many hours it is in the location managers are making up to 15 to 20 dollars an hour being a manager of a fast food restaurant so that that is also a change, but we've also we're also seeing that in the price of the foods where we go. Uh, a double cheeseburger now is maybe three four dollars. Where back before all this, before the hike and before the inflation was maybe a dollar fifty, dollar seventy five plus tax. So, uh, is it really? We have to actually ask: Is it really making more money that we're doing when we take these jobs for? that were eight, nine dollars an hour going to twelve, thirteen dollars an hour because of the inflation? Or is it better to get a lower paying job with low inflation? That's that's one of the questions I want to talk with Harley about and get his take on it because he's been in this industry and working with employers for quite over 10 years now, I believe. I believe his bio, bio, biography said that I have from him. But we're going to have to find out more from his side of the coin, uh, from my side of the coin and everybody else out there that's actually the working side and still out there searching for for jobs or in, uh, working for other companies. So that that also brings up another question is there's so many jobs out there and so many opportunities out there. Is it the right time to actually switch careers or switch jobs altogether in the companies? Uh, leave the company that you've been working for for five, ten years to actually find a new new position out there to uh, work and start somewhere else brand new. That's these are all questions that we got to ask ourselves is uh, am I willing to start off somewhere new? But will the benefits of doing that 
outweigh of what I'm gathering in, in experience and with comfort of being in the same job that I've been doing or that person's been doing for the last five, 10 years now. And that that's, you know, these are hard hitting questions. And this show, show topic right here is one of the ones where even the college kids, uh, people coming out of school, coming out of high school and that, uh, summer's over for the high school kids. Now it's like, is it time to go to college or is it time to get a job or find a career or work for somebody that would actually, you know, pay, start paying money. And do I want to start living my life like that? So there's a lot of choices open right now, especially this time of year, because people are actually getting ready to go back to school. If not already back at school, high school or college. Colleges are starting up. Most colleges are either in a midterm for the summer or getting or end of the term in the summer and getting ready for the fall terms. We there's so much out there that can be taken and there's so many opportunities. But what does the person look for for looking at these opportunities? One thing a lot of people do is a lot of workers, a lot of college students, a lot of uh, young adults and even middle adults or middle-aged adults is they base everything off the salary uh, of the money aspect of it. But there's so much more that pertain to just the money aspect of it is a couple things are vacation time, uh, sick time, your medical benefits, is the family covered? Is there insurance? Is there accidental death insurance? You know, some of those are definitely things that have to be asked do i need those things or can i get by right now with my health and you know play play the odds that nothing's going to happen to me so i can get a couple extra dollars and pay off either the student loans the car payments or a house mortgage or paying the bills or helping out with the, the family expenses these these all these are all giant questions that co have come into all of our minds at some point or another and seeing this job market the way it is, especially after people have been either laid off or or sick or their companies folded up, are asking themselves and asking others about them or possibly doing the job interviews, looking for jobs, uh, posting on the the websites for for jobs like such as LinkedIn or Monster or Dice. Uh, the, uh, even even Facebook, Facebook uh, companies are actually looking for for employees on on Facebook. Not to mention radio show. The you have the career fairs. There's there's so many out there. But which the hard part is is determining which of these avenues are the best ones for what the person needs. Like in healthcare, I can I can talk to. Is it better to go to a job fair for a community hospital or health network, or is it better to go on to uh, a job site or be contracted through somebody th through somebody third party? And all these questions have to actually sit that the person, no one person can answer these questions for you. These are the questions that you need to ask yourself in which way you want your career to go and which way you want your life to be. And having a list of these questions in front of you will definitely help determine where where you take the next steps. Do you, you go on a specialty? Do you go into a general 
And when you go into a general field, do you see if the the corporation actually or company actually offers training? A lot. That's another valid thing. A lot of companies offer trainings that people aren't taking advantage of. Yes, there's stipulations to those trainings, but if you want to go that route with the company and you're going to stay with that company for a while, it, it is most definitely uh, something to look into. I I personally have done that at my what, quite a few of my companies, uh, and one of the reasons I left that company is because they thought they did not follow through on their end of the bargain of paying for the bills that was that the certifications were attained and the knowledge were attained to better their company. And you have to make sure that people have actually done these things and it's, and the time frame that it takes to get into a reimbursement process for such as tuition or, or certifications or some sort of specialty. It's most likely that uh, the H HR or human resources personnel would actually be able to, to, uh, answer those questions but also check with your fellow employees to see if anybody has gone through it and see what the, their side of it of the experience was and ha if it was hard if it was hard or if it was an easy process or even in general if it's not at some point it, it might not even be worth doing uh, because there are so many hoops and so many things but on the back end if it's not worth it how would you go about furthering yourself in that position or will you be in that same same position for until you either decide to leave or just or the company decides to uh, let you go or move them move you uh, yourself move you to another position uh, by their choice so it, it's very hard when deciding these life-changing events and these life-changing questions they're very hard as well since they are that hard, what are the consequences of deciding wrong? So with that, there's always a choice. Uh, there's a choice to do one. There's a choice to do. If you have three choices, there's actually four choices to do. Either choose one of the three choices that are opt opted and given to you for choice, or the four choices always not to do any of those three and do nothing and find something else either to do on your own or not to do anything at all. So even those options, those last two options, I said there's four, but there's actually five, whether to do any of those three or do something on your own, that, those are two separate entities all by themselves, is to actually weigh out the consequences for those options, uh, depending on what, what they are, uh, just sit down and list them out. It does take time. It does take patience. It takes actual work to, to figure out these types of questions and taking the time now will save you a lot of headaches later on as you go as you go through life uh as definitely as i've put out put into my my investing on a budget book uh these these choices you have to be real with yourself and take accountability for the moment right now that you're actually sitting in and not taking it into account the five, the five minutes from now, the 10 minutes, the five hours, the 10 weeks, or even the next five years, you have to take accountability for what you're doing right then and there at that moment. As you take care of that moment, then it's okay to 
expand, expand your, your, your vision where you see things, where you don't see things, what you would like, what, what, what are, what are nice to have what are a must have, what are, if it happens, it happens. Or if there's something that's offered, it's like, you really don't care about, uh, those, because I, I've seen also in the job market where they, there's items that were offered in the position that really doesn't do anything for me, um, for me at the moment and might not do anything for me in, in the next two or three years with the company. And it's, it was lacking something that I actually wanted or needed at that time that would actually grow me as a person and grow as an employee with the company. Uh, so there's all these, all these options, all these questions, and all everybody is sitting there, sitting, listening to this is like, what's the point of all of this? The point of all of these questions are there's a choice out there that has to be made. There's no right or wrong choices. There's just a choice that you want as an employer, as a person, or as a business owner, if you decide to go on the business route is you need to make these choices and these questions need to be answered either when you're making your choice or they will be answered for you after you make the choice and as you see time unfold. So when when doing the take take a little 10, 15 minutes now, uh, it might actually take a week or two to figure out all, all of this. It could take a month, a month maybe two months, but thinking about uh, pu putting it off and not doing anything at all is just going to make things a lot harder for you to actually want to get back into making changes, whether it's your job change, uh, uh, the position change, a company change, even the career career change, or even going back to school. When, when talking with Steve Hassinger, we talked a lot about going back to college, but at the end of the show or actually during the show itself is you don't have to really go back to college to, for, to better yourself is you just have to have want to learn more knowledge to better yourself, whether it's as a person or an experience or even meeting new people that would actually influence the way or life that you want to, or you see yourself as there's so many, uh, other items out there instead of just limiting your mind is that's actually sometimes harder of not limiting your mind and actually getting outside of your little box uh, or big box or, or box in general, whether it's a, a cardboard box or a steel box, the worst actual boxes to be in are the clear boxes. If you th see yourself in a clear box, uh, it's even worse because you can actually see what's on the other side but you can't get to it. Or if it's in a shrinking clear box is when you are deciding when everything's starting to come down or controls or things are starting to get taken away from you, you actually see the ceiling coming down and you feel like you're being blocked in. So that's actually the first part of the show at the moment, guys. We, uh, we went over a little bit of what, what happened before, uh, uh last week, uh, you know, recovering from a vacation uh, we went through some of the things that a lot of the questions that need to be asked before going out and actually looking in the job market, uh, finding out what you want to begin with and then starting the job and starting, 
the search and seeing what's out there in the market. We did a little bit of comparison before and after the uh, pandemic from 2019 to 2020. But uh, after the break, we're going to take a little break. I thank you for listening. But when we come back from our break, I'm going to have Harley Littman from Genesis 10 uh, come back and join us. And we're going to get some insight from his side uh, of the of the coin and see how uh, the company that he works that he owns and works with uh, is seeing the job market from his perspective and and give some tips and tricks for for you the listeners out there. So we're going to be back in a couple moments and we'll see you from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is the Make Me More Money For You show with Magnus Carter. I do have my guest with me. He has jumped in while we're on break. I have Harley Littman from Genesis 10. He is the CEO and founder of Genesis 10. Welcome to the show, Harley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, while you're on the show here, we're talking about jobs and whatnot. Can you give us a little bit of uh, your background and with Genesis 10, what, what the company does? Sure. We are here to help people find jobs. And we're an IT consulting company. So in the world of IT and technology, we help people find temporary jobs or permanent jobs, or we go in and do projects for clients. So when you think of technology, there's three areas, hardware, software, services. So we're in the services space, the people space. Oh, okay, great. Uh, that is definitely going to go hand in hand with what we're talking about. Uh, technology definitely took a big change, and the whole 
architecture of working in technology has taken a change. So what are some of the base, what are some of the, the main things that you see companies looking for now in, in employees when looking for IT personnel? Well, it's a great time for candidates or people who are looking for jobs to be looking now because unemployment levels are at a record low. It's, the unemployment rate is three and a half percent. So candidates have a lot of options today. I, I, I can't remember a time in memory when it's been better than it is now for people to look for jobs because there's a shortage of, of good people. So people have many options and alternatives. Um, when you go and look for a job, it depends what kind of job you want. If you want a job with a big company or you want a startup. If you want a startup, you don't need a staffing firm to help you or anything. You know, that is something where if you work for a startup, they want to see that you're all about equity. That means they want to see that, you know, you're, you care about the future outcome of the company and you don't need a big salary. So for people who want to make a lot of money in the short term, a startup would not work out for you. You're going to be paid almost nothing because you're going to be making money on the long term. The company will be sold or go public and you'll get stock in it. And that's how you make out. If you're looking for a job at a midsize or especially a large corporation, that's where you want to work with a staffing firm. One of our biggest clients, we have this data from them, over 80% of all the jobs they all the jobs they put out and the people they hire are from staffing firms, meaning a staffing firm has introduced a candidate for a permanent job or a temporary job if they need someone for let's say six months or a year, or a try-by as it's called, where you bring on someone for a short for a period of time and you see how it works out, both sides. Then if it's a win-win, the employee comes on board full time and the client gets someone that they know. And that, those and those type of opportunities I'm the biggest advocate of because everybody could see each other and see what it's like. It's kind of like test drive a car before you buy one. Okay. Uh, I've been through both all three of those processes because I am actually <laughs> I, I'm an, I'm a senior network engineer by trade. So I completely okay. understand that. Uh, uh, definitely I get calls daily at least sure. <laughs> eight, 10 to 12 calls a day and emails. So I am very well <laughs> aware <laughs> of how the staffing firms and what not work. But from coming from a staffing firm perspective, what do you see the biggest um, need to be filled from an IT, IT company? Well, I think that most of all, believe it or not, you can learn technology. What they're looking for, which is really basic, Maybe boring, it may not be sexy, but they're looking for people who have aptitude and attitude. And they'll hire to aptitude and attitude over anything else. So what that means is somebody who's a good team player, um, they feel good energy, someone who really wants the job, you have to show them that you really want it. You're not just going through the motions because you're interviewing. You, they want to see that you're a quick learner. They like to see evidence that you're a good team player. That's true in everything. So those, what I'll call the soft skills, are probably most important. On hard skills, Java, Python, .NET, almost any of the technologies are in high demand. Scrum, Agile, all that. But technology can be learned, but people are looking for the right raw material. Okay.
that's that's yeah. Uh, if you can't work with a person, it doesn't matter how how their job is doing if you can't communicate with them right. Right. Properly. In fact, that's the key. Above all, it's a people business. Everybody thinks technology is just on a keyboard, but what's really valued is communication skills. Oh yes, I've I'm definitely I can definitely attest with that. You'd have to be able to communicate on all different levels, all the way down from right there. up and down the food chain, right? <laughs> yes, all the way up to the CEOs, CIOs, all the way down exactly. to the person that needs that needs a printer hooked up. Right. So, why are you seeing this? Uh, the the job market in general. You did say there's plenty of opportunities out there. So, well, what it what do you think is causing the people not to apply for these jobs that you, that you've seen um, just in a few uh, examples or something that you've, that you've seen previous. Well, they're spoiled and lazy. No, I'm kidding. Couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. No, I think a lot of people are looking for, and it goes to the heart of what you look for when you look for a job. Like for example, a lot of people focus on benefits. Those are the hard things I would say. Yes, if you could get in a big company, you want a robust 401k program, right? You, you know, they'll put away a certain amount of money for you, and that's a good thing. You also want good medical, dental, all those things, right. obviously. But most of all, you, I think what most people are looking for is the right company that gives them the right work, personal time, or work family time, the right balance. That's what my company does. A lot of my people work remote. Because, you know, I was just on the phone with, with one of my people who said, I want to go to the ball game with my son tonight. And I, I've got an assignment for you, Harley, but I'll do it. You know, I'll do it tomorrow or, I'll, I'll, or he wants to go now and do something with one of his children. I, it's, there's no problem. There's no time clock you check in on. We're, my company is all about results. So I don't care what they look like. I don't care who they are. I don't care where they are, as long as the results are there. And I think for a lot of people that gives the best i think that's what matters the most people like their personal freedom and like their time and to your good question that may be why a lot of them are not applying you see all these help wanted jobs because they want flexibility that's what i think is the most important criteria and if you're working for a company and you like the people there use the opportunity now to navigate a better situation for yourself to get to move up uh, uh, the career path at that company or get better pay or a bonus because you're already a known quantity for some, for a company to let you go and hire someone else is very problematic first you have to decide you really need a let's say i'm the employer so let's just make up a name bob just left well now we have to decide do we need a replacement most likely we do we now have to go through the interviewing process we're all busy so a lot of us don't have the time and you know when you know, as my grandmother would say. So you're going to interview someone. How do you know? You only know until they're on board, to be honest. Because, you know, um, it, there's a world of difference for employers. We've all been there where we interview someone. Sounds great. Looks great. Six months later, we're thinking, hmm, was that the person that I interviewed six months ago? It seems like a disconnect. So I think that for employees, if you like where you are, negotiate and get a better situation. For employers, hold on to people too, because you don't want to go through the situation where you're taking a risk when you bring on a new person. One, a new person also, there's a, there's a learning curve. Even if you get a really good person, 
How much are you going to pay for them to ramp up? What if it takes six months to get up to speed? You pay for that. With the person you had, you don't have that issue. So for employers and employees, if you're happy where you are, I think it makes sense to stay. If you're not happy and you're not getting more pay or you're not challenged or you're bored, then it's a time to look outside. Okay. That's, those are valid points and a lot of, they're all easily overlooked because they don't feel that, that even going to the employer about asking for a raise or anything, they, they already have it out of their mind that it's not going to work. So now well, I think more likely it will because the cost of the employer finding a new person will be higher. Worse, not even the learning curve they mentioned. What if that person doesn't work out? That's the bigger risk. So let's say you hire them. You often don't know for a long time. Let's say six months later, they're not working out. That's a problem. Now you have to let that person go. You have to pay severance. There's there's morale impact with other people on the team. You could have termination issues. They're suing for wrongful termination or discrimination or whatever. It's always a problem. Firing people is very difficult. People get traumatized and they can resort to litigation. So it's, it's, if you have a good person for all parties, employer and employee, you'd really like to keep that person. Now, again, looking into the marketplace, and let's say you're looking at a job, and then you know, you're wondering, is the salary the right salary? Is that the right thing? Well, for example, in New York State, by law, they have to tell you when they post a job what the salary is. So you at least get that information up front, but then finding out if that's the right number you can do it a number of ways, Glassdoor, Indeed.com, Salary.com. They do free research on salaries, and they'll be able to help you figure it out. But what's even better is to speak to someone there. You can speak to someone at the company and find out what they're making. That is the best way of all. And when you're interviewing and they talk about salary and compensation, I'm a big believer in that. I'm not a big believer in strong negotiations because an employer could think, this person's going to be difficult. And they don't know how good you're going to be. Once you're on board, and, and especially if you're really good, now you've got negotiating leverage. Now you've got negotiating power because they've invested in you. Just mm -hmm. the things I talked about earlier. Right. You've gone through the learning curve. You're very productive. You're doing well for them. It's very painful for them to lose you on all levels. So if you say, you know, you, you really need more money because or you've checked the marketplace and you're being underpaid because you're in a far better position to get that raise that you're looking for rather than take a risk when you're being interviewed and you like the job. And let's say you need the job. If you, if you're, if they see you as being difficult or unreasonably demanding, mm -hmm. they may not want to hire you or they may be put off or offended if they feel that you're asking for too much and you're not even on board yet. Right. I, I have been through that situation. Uh, one way that I found that worked for me on that was I would actually in while negotiating the salaries, I want a three month review and I want to talk about, I want to renegotiate my salary at three, three months. And I make sure that's in my offer letter and that it's signed by both parties. Smart. The other thing I would do is, and then when you get on board, I think the most important question an employee could ask and even before what exactly is expected of me? Yes, I, I asked right. for a detailed job description. Exactly. No, more than that, not just detailed job description. Oh, okay. what, what, do you, what do you want me to accomplish? How, and how do we define success? 
I think that's going to be critical because mm -hmm. too often somebody could think they're doing a good job. Right. And to management's eyes, they're not. And whatever the disconnect is, maybe management is not doing a good job in managing what, what the employee should be doing. So the employee needs to be the navigator. It's like in life, I say, you can be a victim, a survivor, a navigator. Be a navigator. And what that means is you want to find out exactly what's expected of you. Let's say I'm the employee. I'd want to say, what do you expect of me and by when? And make sure it's realistic. Because what if they're expecting something from you that's not realistic? You need to honestly be able to be open and talk about that so that you're not set up to fail. And you need to have really good communication. We talked about that at the beginning of the call. Really important because you want to make sure you're going down the right path. Too often, someone hires someone. They're busy. The onboarding is really light and insufficient. And the person goes down the wrong path thinking they're doing a really good job. They're doing, and that's not a good thing, right? So that's why all along the way, you want to check in with upper management, your manager, your boss, whoever it is that you report to, and just say, am I on the right track? Am I, am I doing a good job? Am I making you happy? You know, often employers don't get asked that, but that's critical because then you'll know. And if they say, yeah, you're doing fine, then you're good to go. It's the absence of communication that gets in the way of people's happiness or people, you know, keeping their jobs more than anything else. Oh, uh, to add on that one, the only way the employee would actually know is when they're at in a month after a month or something, you have a meeting with your managers uh, about uh, your performance and it's not a good performance one and it's very impromptu. Uh, I've seen that happen quite a bit. Uh, it does. I found that when approaching management, even though it feels like you're, you're bothering them because they, they throw that intention out there because you're possibly looking for a raise. But I, I personally found out is they don't want to deal with that. But as <laughs> When I came across, when I started coming across, it's like, okay, I'm just making sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing. <laughs> so I'm on track for the end of the year for, for, uh, for bonuses, for, for everything else for the team. Once right. that, once that's established, their, their whole tune and attitude changes. <laughs> I, I found that out hands down. I hear you. And I think it's really important to be coachable and to let them know that because people that are defensive are going to have a really hard time in a company because you, you know, we're all imperfect. We all have flaws. We're all about getting better and better. So be open and be proactive. If I were an employee, I'd say to my boss, I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very coachable. Tell me what you need to know about what I'm doing. Let me know if I'm going down the right path, wrong path. If anything I'm doing is not acceptable. I just need feedback. I will adjust. I will learn and adjust but I need good feedback from you because if they see that you're coachable and open and not defensive, one, that's important because you're never going to really grow in an organization if you are defensive. Second, you want to be better. So if people are going to take the time to give you feedback, that's a gift. They're making you better, but it's a very tricky dynamic with people because it's hard to take criticism. Nobody likes criticism, right? <laughs> you're right. And some people it's harder than others. So make it easy for your manager or your boss. Tell them, give me feedback. I want to be better and thank them and make sure they see in your body language that you really are serious about it and you're open and you're open to being better and you'll grow and learn. And that's what life is all about, growing and learning. Oh, I agree. I've learned uh, a lot of different, starting out 15 years ago till now, 
I, I was that person that was defensive and everything because I thought I knew everything out of college. <laughs> you know, you have all this book knowledge, but the book knowledge does not work in the real world. <laughs> um, but I, I will agree with you on, on all those aspects. Uh, I found with through time and through wisdom of actually being through different uh, employers and, and different types of environments that being more dynamic and, and coachable definitely works out a, more in the long run. Of course. Of course, it makes you better. So with, with that said, when the candidate is looking for for a position, how often to grow in the company, how often to ask the question of training? How important is the company actually investing in that person? Very important. It's everything because it goes to the heart of growing and learning. Training, one, you'll keep that up for an employer. It's a good thing because you'll more likely to keep that employee because that employee feels they're valued. You're investing time and money in them. They're learning and growing. That's important. And the employee appreciates that. So training is critical, especially if you're moving into a new position or you're coming out of school. There's always opportunity to learn, no matter what your age is, no matter what the job is. So I embrace training. I think it's really important and promotes a lot of loyalty on both sides, employer and employee. So anytime you can learn and be better, that increases your value in the marketplace. You've had training, so if you want to leave and go somewhere else, you'll be more valuable and you'll make more money. So training is important. Not all companies have it. But, you know, again, if you go into a company and they see that you've got a future there, a lot of companies will be open-minded and, and have training for you because they, they, they believe in you and they want you to stick around and they want you to add value. And they think that if that training makes you more productive and you can do more for their company, they're more likely to buy into it and do it. Oh. And on, for the company's aspect, um, I was actually part of the co a company side of this as well as they normally, depending on your certifications and what vendor you're certified in, they get more discounts. So on, right. on products and whatnot. So with that is you're actually helping the company out on top of that, of actually being more productive and investing in yourself. And you're also investing in the company. The company is actually gaining a hundredfold on that. That's right. That's right. And you said something before, interesting, when you were laughing, saying when you started out 15 years ago, you were defensive. So what I would say personally, when I started out, I was insecure. So for me, it wasn't, yeah, filled with anxieties and insecurity. And, you know, I had to overcome that and realize that it's just my anxieties at work here. And, you know, to try to make sure I got relaxed and didn't get stressed and took feedback as constructive and helpful that they're making me better. And it wasn't easy for me in the beginning. And I made mistakes. You learn from that. But for people now, if they could learn to embrace it and realize we're all a package, whether it's insecurities in my case or defensiveness in your case or whatever it is, try to be aware of it because it gets in your way. Yes. It gets in your way to success. And, and staying with that word success, that's why I said the other big thing is which very few people do, but say, what does success look like, Mr. Manager or Mr. Employer? What does success look like for the company for the next year? What, is, what does success look like for me in my role? Because that, that's really powerful. And most people never do that. 
And if you ask that and they tell you, now you know what you have to do. So the ball is in your court. And it's very hard for them to have an issue with you if they tell you what to do and tell you what success is. And you do it, you, you've got job security. Right. Because why would they let you go if you're doing what they want you to do? But again, all goes back to really good open communication and positive energy. Oh, definitely. Uh, I have also, I've been on the flip side of that as well, is when I have asked and approached management about that. Uh, one, the manager actually was defensive about it on his aspect. <laughs> he was because I, he couldn't give me a, de- a definite answer because That's his, <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. And it was actually one of my last positions about that. When I asked, when I continue asking the questions that we're asking and talking about here, even one-on-one and stuff, I could never get a straight answer out of them of what's once, what success was to where do you see me or where, where can I go from here? Cause I'm already a senior network engineer and a design engineer on top of that. What, all the certs that they wanted me to have, but I actually outpassed everybody. So they, there was no answer for that. So, uh, you know, what was the outcome at that company? If I may ask you, given that I left the company, <laughs> that's what I thought you would say. I, I, I did. Uh, <laughs> an engineer left before me. I yeah. became, I came into a very, lucrative opportunity even i went back to be a common contractor okay a full-time employee so you know what that is so explain to your viewers what a contractor is because that goes to the heart of also what genesis 10 is and and suggestions we have for people watching this okay what a contractor is it, it is uh, what it is is it is a contract between the employee or the candidate and the company that they will sign on for a set amount of time for a set amount of money and doing uh, a pre-described work work description, and anytime the contract can be null and void at any time by either party if they feel that they are not being met either with um, success, uh, monetary consumption, uh, contributions, I should say, or if it's just not a fit at all. And there's a possibility as being a contractor, you're actually the employee of the firm that's being that is representing you. You're not going in as yourself. You're not being an employee of the of the company. You're actually an employee of the contracting firm that represents you to fill a need for a company. Right. No, that's a perfect definition. The reason why I asked you to define it is going back to your earlier question. So one of the things that we do is uh, in our most robust program is something called Def 10. And that's a junior training program where we train people out of college. Now, in, in we train them in Java and other technical skills and languages in a boot camp. Now, our competitors typically only hire computer science graduates. We go after everybody. We don't mind someone who has soup on their tie. We, we, like, we like people who are music majors, whatever it is. We had someone whose parents were, were both doctors and they were very disappointed. This guy didn't go to medical school. Medical school, he wanted to be a software um, developer. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's very happy doing that. We get all kinds of people because we look for attitude and aptitude. We want, we want someone who wants to be a software developer. And we put them through these tests and then we put them and we hire them. They're on salary. 
And then we put them through a very intensive boot camp for three months where they, let's say they learn Java. And they get the experience from what our clients tell us equal to that of someone who has like a year experience coding. And our trainers are great. They, these are people who actually code and for businesses and know how to do it. What I'm telling you all that is they then go to a client and they're a contractor. They're working for Genesis 10, my company, but they're providing services for, let's just say for um, General Electric, just to make up any hypothetical company. Right. So they're working for General Electric. And after one year, they're hired by General Electric. Now, why does everybody like that? For the candidate, they get to see exactly what it's like. If you're a candidate and you're interviewing, it's the honeymoon phase on both sides, right? <laughs> right. As I said, my grandmother would say, you know when you know, until you get on board, you don't know what your team's like. You don't know what the real world is going to be like in your job. So if you're working there for a year and you really like them and they really like you, it's like a perfect marriage. You both got to spend a year with each other. And if you want this to become your full-time job, then that's how we facilitate it. And our program has been very successful. It's very selective to get in. You only accept 5% of the candidates. But at the end of one year, 92% of our people are still at the client, which is really a strong number. We're very proud of that because we really look to make good fits. So being a contractor has its benefits. Now, frankly, a lot of people have a problem with that if they've been a full-time employee. They don't like the notion of some, right? It feels scary. It feels right. not real. If they're a full-time employee, they want to go to another position that's a full-time employee. So you have both opportunities. I definitely agree with that. You brought up a great point. Uh, Harley, we're already almost at the end of the show. I, I can't believe that already. We've talked quite a bit about uh, what to look for, what the candidates need to look for in in an employee. We talked about your company, Genesis 10, especially as an IT firm, who you're accepting, what you're accepting, uh, and what, what contracting is compared to a full-time employee. We've both definitely... Uh, um, had a conversation about our personal experiences out there. Hopefully somebody out there, we can save somebody some hassle of what to expect and how to, you know, how to mitigate some of these things if they're already in that, that frame of mind. Yeah. Uh, but how we need to close the show down, but how can we get our, my listeners here or any listener out there that want to change their life that feel that they can actually do this? Where can they contact you if they want to change Genesis 10? They just have to look at Genesis 10. Genesis, as in the Bible, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, -E one zero, not T-E-N. Okay. So they look that up. They'll be able to find us. We have a website. They can apply. If they want to respond to the show, let them mention my name in the show. We'll make sure they, they get the right attention that, that we'll, we'll give them. And we'd be delighted to speak to anyone that has an interest. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, that is great. Thank you for your time. I, I understand that this world is very demanding, especially being in the the uh, the ecosystem that we're in. Uh, I want to thank you for the time. <laughs> it is oh, it's, my pleasure. Well, thank uh, you for doing what you're doing. What we're trying to do here is help people uh, gain a good livelihood and help them understand the challenges so they can have a happier, productive work experience. And that's a gift you give them. So it's good that you're doing this. Thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. Uh, everybody, that is going to be our show for today. I have Harley, CEO and founder of Genesis 10, Harley 
Littman here. I want to thank you once again um, for being here. Uh, I have to sign off for the moment. Thank you for tuning in. And next week we'll have another great show uh, about making more money for you. Okay. All right. Have a good Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.